Hello and welcome to my channel. My name is Maria Pavlitska and here we are going to explore the world of myths, lores, urban legends and all things supernatural. If you are interested in those topics, feel free to subscribe. So today we are going to talk about Shinigami. Does the word Shinigami ring a bell? Well, it might if you are familiar with anime. But have you ever wondered where Shinigami come from? When I first started my research on Shinigami, I did what a person does when they don't know what they came upon. I looked it up in a book about Japanese mythology and I was kind of surprised because I didn't find anything. Not a mention, not a footnote, not even a word. Then I went to Wikipedia, but because it was a long, long time ago, I didn't learn much. Since then, the Shinigami mystery has stayed with me. I picked up my research when I was writing my PhD thesis. By then I watched a lot of anime and more questions arose. What questions? Well, does Shinigami only eat apples? Do they use chainsaws? Or maybe they prefer swords? Do they make deals with people? Or do they trap them inside their bodies? Who knows? In early days I found a theory that Shinigami are based on Western Grim Reaper, aka the Death. You may know him or her, because as you probably know, the dead isn't always a man. That's gender is different in various languages. For example, in French and Polish, the word death is feminine. In German, it's masculine, but let's go back to the Grim Reaper theory. Researchers stated that maybe Japanese took the image of the Western death and used it in the culture. But was it really that simple? Let's take a look and the first question we have to ask is, is there any god of death in Japan? In order to find out we have to go back to the beginning, to the beginning of time in Japanese mythology. So we have to check out one of the oldest religious texts in Japan, Kojiki, also known as the records of ancient matters. We will focus on the divine couple that was sent to Earth in order to stabilize it and strengthen it. Their names were Izanami and Izanagi. So they started by getting married, but the first marriage failed, not because they were basically siblings, no. It was because the lady Izanami spoke first. So after the first marriage they created defective children, such as the island made of foam, but they didn't give up. So they started again and this time they succeeded. They repeated the ceremony and this time the man spoke first so everything was perfect. After that they came back to the task. Izanami bore a lot of children, a lot of them, but the last one, it was the god of fire, burned her womb and the goddess sadly died. Izanagi was pissed and he sliced his son with a sword. He was angry because his wife and companion passed away. So he took matters in his own hands and went to get her back. So Izanagi wandered to the cave where he could enter the world of the death or the underworld. And he moved a big rock. Then he greeted his wife, who was waiting for him, apparently. He was like, honey, please come back with me, I'm missing you and I can live without you. No, he wasn't like that, he wasn't romantic, he was like, honey, we have to continue our tasks. And I don't even know if he used the word honey, because it was way more official. 
but anyway, Izanami told him to wait and not to go inside, but of course, Izanagi didn't want to wait for her, so when he felt tired of waiting, he sneaked into the cave to look for his lover. And there he saw her body, rotting, disgusting. You know, he didn't see a dead body before, so it was shocking to him. Because remember, Izanami was the first one to die, ever. Of course, he was grossed out, so he took off. Izanami wasn't really happy with him. She was beyond pissed because for one, her husband didn't listen to her and what's more, he was disgusted by her appearance. So, as you probably imagine, she was furious. Izanami was a fierce woman and she was a strong one, so she sent after him three creatures, which we called the Hags of Darkness, and these Hags of Darkness followed him, but he fooled them fairy tale princess style. He threw things to stop the Hags of Darkness and these items turned into obstacles. Finally, Izanami herself caught up with her husband. She told him that she's pissed. So Izanagi separated himself from her. Then, of course, two of them went into the screaming match. Izanami told her husband that because he disrespected her, she would kill a thousand people every day. And Izanagi answered that in that case, he would ensure that 1,500 births would happen every day. Then they separated and never see each other again. So, to summarize, their meeting was the cuddly equivalent of measuring contest. And if we look into birth rates in Japan now, we can tell that Izanami is winning. You probably wonder why am I telling you a story that took place at the beginning of time in Japanese mythology. So, let me explain. Some researchers believe that by dying, Izanami became the goddess of death and that will make her a personification of death, the first Shinigami. The myth about Izanami and Izanagi may be an explanation to why people die and where do they go after death. The afterlife and its construction is another huge topic, but for now we'll leave it and we will go to the Shinigami lore. So, let's start with the word. We can divide it into two separate words, Shini and Gami. Shini means death and Gami is derived from Kami, which means God. So, if we combine these two words, Shini and Gami, we've got Shinigami, so we can translate it as a god of death. The first mention of this word appeared in Japanese folklore somewhere between 18th and 19th century. It was used in Japanese doll theater and it referred to ghosts of the dead people or spirits that possess human beings. Sometimes it was used in reference to double suicide. But one of the most famous tales of Shinigami is told in Ehon Hyaku Monogatari. In this story, Shinigami visited a man who was about to commit suicide. So, this man was about to commit suicide because he wasn't happy and the Shinigami appeared when the guy was doing that. And Shinigami convinces the man not to go with this suicide because his time isn't over yet. Shinigami also explains to the man that the length of the human life is measured by a candle and each person has their own candle and it measures their time. So the Shinigami started chatting with the guy and Shinigami told the man that there is a spell that allows to banish a Shinigami and because of this spell you can prolong someone's life. But there was a catch in this spell. 
because it could be only used if Shinigami appears by the foot of the person. Uh, what does it mean? When the person is dying and Shinigami appear by their bed, it can only be banished if the Shinigami is located by the bed's foot. If it's by the bed's head, it's game over, so nothing can be done. So the guy started using this knowledge as a doctor and he became very loaded, but also greedy, as the loaded people usually are. So one day he got a client and this client was even more loaded. And the guy, of course, took the job. So he went to the sick person and he realized that the Shinigami appeared by the head of the bed, so it's game over. But the guy really wanted that money. So what did he do? He turned the bed upside down and Shinigami was now located by the bed foot. So he used this spell and he banished Shinigami. Well, of course, he got paid really well. The man thought that he managed to, you know, get away with this Shinigami, but he didn't. And one day Shinigami invited him over and the Shinigami took him to the building filled with candles and it told him that his own candle was shortened because of what he did. But Shinigami also proposed that the man could move his candle wick and wax into another candle in order to prolong his life. Of course the man was on board and he did just that. But he didn't know that it was a trick and Shinigami wanted to teach him a lesson. So he, of course, dropped the candle wax and the wick and he died. And that's how the story ends. So in the story, we have interesting connection between Shinigami and suicide. As I told you before, sometimes the word Shinigami was used in reference to double suicide, but in this story, we have Shinigami that prevents a person from committing suicide. There is another creature similar to Shinigami, which can make people want to die. And this creature is called Mara and it came from Buddhist beliefs. So Mara is a demon that makes humans want to die. If Mara possesses someone, that person suddenly wants to die by suicide. So it's sometimes explained as Shinigami influence and remember this term because Shinigami influence will appear again. Also in some writings this demon decides the time of people's death. When we look at Buddhist beliefs we can also connect Shinigami with Yama, the king of the underworld, and Oni such as Oxhead and Horseface which are also considered sometimes a type of Shinigami. Are they though? Let's stop and talk a little bit about Yama. Well, Yama, as I mentioned, is a king of hell in Buddhist beliefs. He's also a judge of the death and he manages the cycle of the afterlife. In Japan, he's called Enma and you may heard about him if you watch Dragon Ball because the king of hell there is based on Enma. And in Dragon Ball, he's called Enmadayo. So is he Shinigami? Well, he's got great connections to the afterlife, because dude is basically ruling it. But he doesn't go out and mess with people on Earth, so 
the Shinigami connection is kind of unlikely. So although some sources connect Yama with Shinigami, I think it's not true and it's kind of exaggerated in this way. It's, it's a reach. Also, his two servants, Oxhead and Horseface, are sometimes considered type of Shinigami. But are they? Let's talk a little bit about them. Firstly, we have to explain what they are. And they are Oni, and what the hell is Oni? Oni appeared in Japanese folk beliefs around 8th century. They are depicted as large-sized, usually male, humanoid beings with red, blue, black or yellow faces and with horns growing from their heads. They are danger to people and they are described as the presence that exclude human nature. There are a few exceptions, but Oni are usually negative characters and their presence is connected to Buddhist descriptions of hell. Oni are described as this ominous presence and this presence gets angry really fast. According to researcher Michael Dylan Foster, Oni are personifications of the others. So they represent marginalized groups and they are treated as one. So not so kindly and they are accused of doing unspeakable things. For example, of cannibalism or just eating people because if they were cannibals, they will be supposed to eat their own kind, but they don't do that. Okay, so they eat human flesh. They liked it. I've heard that it tastes like pork, but I won't try it. Okay, anyway, back to the Oni. They live in wilderness, usually in the mountains, which suggests their connection to death. Why to death? Because there was a time when Japanese people buried their dead in the mountains, in the caves. So the mountains are the domain of the dead and sometimes it's believed that we can enter the afterlife in the mountains. Well, back to the topics. We have this ox head and horse face. Who they are? Well, their names are self-explanatory, but they have human bodies. According to Chinese beliefs, these two are guardians of the underworld. They are the first ones that the dead soul meets upon entering the underworld. It's said that they escort them to the cards of hell, where souls are judged and reward or punished for things that they did in life. Oxhead and Horseface are also the messengers of the king of hell. In Japan they are known as Gozu and Mezu and in the tale of Heike they appeared in an ominous dream. So, in summary, their connection with Shinigami is weak at best. They greet souls in the afterlife and they work with the king of hell, but it's not enough. They are not Shinigami, but they are connected to descriptions of death. So, if we are talking about creatures that are similar to Shinigami, we have to mention Itsuki. This Itsuki guy or girl is a being that makes people want to kill themselves. So this Itsuki creature makes people want to die by suicide, especially by hanging. It's the thing, I think. We have a few mentions in Japanese art about Shinigami, but these mentions didn't clear much. 
So let's take a look at dimensions of Shinigami, and we have one in a performance called Shinchu Nimai Soshi, concerning men and women who were invited towards death. And there was written in this play, the road the god of death leads towards, whatever that means. Um, in another one, performance called Shinchu Hakori no Sakujitsu, a woman who is about to commit double suicide with a man says, the fleetingness of life lured by a god of death. But it never became clear if the man and woman indeed came to commit double suicide due to Shinigami, or if Shinigami was a metaphor of their situation. In other performance, the love suicide at Amjima, there is an expression of one possessed by a god of death. In classical literature of Edo period, Shinigami who possess humans are mentioned. In a story titled Shinigami, the creature was a spirit of a deceased person who had a bad intent. And when this spirit interacted with living people with bad intentions and they happened to be in place that witnessed tragic event like murder, this combination led to them committing suicide or them feeling the need to commit suicide. The motive of double suicide of two lovers is quite common in Japan. Sometimes this double suicide is blamed on Shinigami. Like in the essay Shonzan Chomon Kishu written by Miyoshi Shonzan, where there was a story about a sex worker who was possessed by Shinigami and because of this being possessed, she invited a man to commit double suicide with her. In Kabuki play Mekaranguya Omega Kegetobi there is a Shinigami that invites people's minds and it makes them think about all the wrongdoings. And because of that, they want to die, they want to commit suicide. So as we see, this Shinigami suicide connection appears in literature and in performances, not really often in folk beliefs. After the war, Shinigami became more visible in folk beliefs and let me tell you about few superstitions about Shinigami in folk beliefs. According to Morris of Miyajima in Kumato Prefecture, those who go and return to attend to someone through the night must drink tea or eat a bowl of rice before going to sleep or Shinigami would visit them. In the Hamamatsu area, a Shinigami would possess people and lead them to the mountains, seas and railroads where people have died. It's believed that in those places the dead would have a dead turn. And as long as there's nobody to die there next, they shall never ascend, even if they were given a service. And it was said that the people who were alive would be invited by the dead to come next. Also, there's a tricky custom with visiting cemeteries. So, there is this Buddhist holiday called Higan, and during this holiday, people visit graves. So, during this holiday, it's ordinary to visit graves at noon or when the sun sets, but not in the Okayama prefecture. 
So when you are in this Okayama prefecture, you shouldn't visit graves at those times. Because visiting the grave for Higan during sunrise without the previous time would result in being possessed by Shinigami. However, once one has visited the grave at sunset, then it would become necessary to visit the grave again during sunrise to avoid a Shinigami possessing one's body. In folk beliefs, it's also thought that sometimes ghosts, who have nobody to deify them, are seeking companions that would join them in death. Now, in popular culture, such as anime, Shinigami are connected with death and they gain huge popularity. They are rarely connected with suicide, though. There are a lot of famous Shinigami, like Ryuk from Death Note or Ichigo from Bleach. The roles differ. Ryuk, for example, kills people in order to prolong his own life, and he's a trickster. When Ichigo protects souls and leads them to the afterlife. We can name a lot of famous Shinigami from anime. In Naruto we have this Shinigami who is summoned in order to trap something and this Shinigami is like cage, I don't know. So what do we learn today? How to avoid Shinigami? Mm, sadly there was that friendly Shinigami taught the greedy men weren't written. So what we can do? Firstly, should you run from Shinigami? Well, if you are already dead, then you probably shouldn't do that. If you don't want to become angry spirit. On the other hand, if you are alive, you should run as hell. If that didn't work and you find yourself talking to Shinigami, um, don't try to make deals with them. And if you have to make deal with them, just try not to cheat them, okay? It also wouldn't hurt to eat a bowl of rice or drink a cup of tea before you go to bed. Also, don't go to the places where tragedy happens, even if the spirits tell you so. Avoid shady creatures with apples, chainsaws, notebooks, swords and other suspicious paraphernalia. In order to be safe, avoid mountains in Japan and also maybe hell in Japan. So if you see a suspicious creature that maybe Shinigami don't listen to them and just go away quickly, quietly. Anyway, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed today's story. In the description box, you will find sources that I used for my research, so you can check it out by yourself. If you like my content, don't be shy and drop a comment. I have also a YouTube channel with videos where sometimes I put some images and you can see how I am I shy in front of the camera. So don't laugh at me, okay? Follow me on social media, drop a comment, like, and I don't know what's more. Have a nice day, be safe and look out for Shinigami. Bye!